It'll be football too because we got the playoffs. Well, the last game. But we can here. record it next Sunday and then put it out later. What's well, so I'm saying? We can film after the playoffs stop. Like the playoffs will be over at seven, eight o'clock. So we filmed at eight. All right. We are live. We're back with uh, Talking Preps Basketball. I have the whole crew here. We got Sammy Sin in the back. Uh, we got Chelsea in the middle, like on uh, what's that show, Garrett? He said, People in the Squares. The Hollywood, Hollywood Squares. squares. We got Chelsea's in the middle. You're supposed to look up and sideways, Chelsea, look at everybody. Yeah. We got uh, the, the guru, Rick Lewis. Uh, we got the, the, the star of the show, Randall Clark, is here. The contrarian, Alex Bass, me and Gary, as usual, and Cam is up top. And uh, we're going to get right to it. Let me find the music. See, I, I'm out of practice, y'all. Way out of practice. Or the Brady Bunch. Or the Brady Bunch. Absolutely. <laughs> or the Brady Bunch. Let me find the music. Let's get started. All right. The first thing on my script says the round table. Out. <laughs> All right, we had two big holiday terms in December. Rick Lewis had Anthony Marr shootout in Charlotte. We had the annual John Wall event in Raleigh. Chelsea, what were some of the highlights of the wall? I know you went and you were pretty amazed by what you saw. Yeah, so I was at the girls' tournament most of the day, and they got a lot of out-of-state teams. And I think two of those teams I want to highlight is Morris Catholic from New Jersey and Purcell Marion from Ohio. And they both those teams actually went to the championship. So that was a really exciting game. Morris Catholic has two twins, the Paldo twins. You know, they call them the backcourt twins. And they are just incredibly impressive. They're only sophomores. And then especially on the boys' side, just seeing a lot of the North Carolina kids come home. A lot of those kids are all the way in prolific prep. And then just really seeing, you know, the high-level talent and all the high commits. Yeah. Rick, we saw a prolific prep play combine. There was a lot of controversy around that game. Um, did the game live up to the hype? Uh, to some degree, it did. I mean, Polific ended up winning the game. You know, I think what Polific Prep is doing, they're, they're wanting to be part of the national championship conversation. Um, although they're not a legit school, um, they don't use fifth-year players. So mm-hmm. the controversy came because Combine had one kid that was a fifth-year guy, and they didn't want to play a team with a fifth-year guy on the on the roster. Uh, but I do think that's the um, trend that we're going to see is more and more schools will not have fifth-year guys. Yeah. Alex, just your thoughts on the John Wall before we wrap it up. I know you were there each night. I know you have kind of conflicting feelings about what it was versus where it's going, but kind of talk about the tournament a little bit. Impressive performances by Drake Powell and Northwood and Farmville Central and Josh Short. Just like to praise Mr. Powell for what he showed us on both ends of the court, particularly on the defensive end as he went toe to toe with DJ Wagner of Camden out of New Jersey. And Mr. Powell showed us his tremendous mid-range game on the offensive end of the floor. Truly a five-star talent in the class of, of 2024, committed to North Carolina, and he continues to get better and better. He's one of those young men who is quantifiably better and better each year that we get the high honor and great privilege of watching him and now leading yet another 3A championship contender. Yeah. Also, Josh Short of Farmville Central, Farmville Central, played in one bracket, one 18 brackets championship game 
and did a tremendous job of showing how he could be the best player on the floor. Despite in one game, he went scoreless in the second and third quarter, but did the little things in terms of the way he created space, the way he was able to draw double teams to create opportunities for his teammates with uh, passing, the way he was able to show that he is an apt uh, ball handler in the open court, and that he is just very worthy of being in the Mr. Basketball conversation for Farmville Central team that will contend for a 2A state championship again. So just those two things, Drake Powell and Northwood, mm-hmm. Josh Short, Farmville Central, we saw two Mr. Basketball contenders and two leaders of teams who will contend for state championships. Yeah, I was leaving Chapel Hill yesterday. Uh, the Notre Dame-North Carolina game didn't go so well for my son in Notre Dame, but I didn't realize how close Northwood was to Chapel Hill. Yes. I mean, down the street, mm-hmm. it's like right there. I was like, wow, it's right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then next week, Chelsea's going to have a sit-down with Josh Short on uh, the debut of uh, Chelsea World for Basketball, so definitely look out for that. Uh, Randall, in Charlotte, Rick had the big tournament, the, the Anthony Morrow tournament, first year. How did it go in your eyes? I think it went great. I think one of the big things that Coach Rick has done a phenomenal job of doing is he gave us matchups that we, we don't now always get to see, and he's done that consistently. And the Anthony Morrow, you know, shootout was nothing different. Um I was very impressed with with, with some players. Uh, Ned Hall from Charlotte Latin had a great game versus the Burlington School. I think that yeah. was a matchup that was that was that was really really good and uh, surprised some people. Um, so I think this year has been good to see you know match new matchups, but also some games that we just don't ever get to see. Uh, you know, I know a few weeks ago, you know, you know Cannon and Cox Miller right down the street, and we need you know they told me we don't get to play each other. So I think the fact that you know, we've been able to get some of these holiday tournaments where teams that we don't get to see match up with each other um, get to play. And it's going to do – we're going to do the same thing on Saturday, and I'm sure everybody's looking forward to it. Yeah, I was uh, really happy to, to see the public and private schools playing. Rick, give people the matchups they wanted to see. Rick, where does it go from here? Well, you know, the thing that we want to talk about first, too, is you look at it, we had six of the seven state champions playing in this event. And probably you look at the the public and the private school, we're probably going to have the majority of the teams that played in this event will compete for a state championship this year. I think where we go from here is we really want to make this a premier pre-Christmas event in the entire country. And the goal is basically to have a city championship and throw in some nice showcase games where you might bring in some of the best teams outside the area and play some of the best teams around the state. Um, I do think Charlotte is loaded with talent, and I think the most important thing is the city of Charlotte deserves it, and there's no reason why we can't make this equivalent to a John Wall or Chick-fil-A. There's no better experience for young players to play against top-level competition in their hometown playing in front of sold-out capacity crowd, and that's the thing that the John Wall has done that makes it such a unique environment. Uh, It's at the you know, it's at, in Raleigh at the public school. They have probably 3,000 people there. It's capacity only. They do a great job of putting the public schools and the private schools and the national schools together. But there's no better experience for young players to come into an event playing against rivals that they normally wouldn't get to play against in front of a, a sold-out crowd. I think that's what we want to go. Yeah. Gary, um, girls' side, any big surprises so far that you've seen? Although they're ranked number one in the state, I'm shocked at how 
Blake Norman is just killing people. I mean, not only are they winning, they're winning decisively. And um, they don't really have any um, what you would call McDonald's All-American type kids. Uh, they they do have a great one great player uh, who, who is a D1 player. But everybody else is just, you know, just knows their role and plays it outstandingly. And they can really shoot the ball from deep and outside. Mm. And it, it they just they, that that group right. Go ahead, Randall. That group right there is, is that group right there is just kind of a do your job situation. Mm-hmm. Like those kids, they bought in and literally like they just go out there and they just do their jobs. Um, you know, whether it's defensively, whether it's moving the basketball, whether it's rebounding, whether it's putting the ball in the hole, like you can tell like those kids have roles on that team and they have done a phenomenal job so far this season of fulfilling them. Chelsea, yeah. up your way. Any girl surprises, boy surprises. And Alex, you can back, you can uh, come after. Um, I was going to say Sanderson was off to a pretty good start, but that was non-conference. We just played our first game against Athens drive and that was a super tight game. And just looking at the records between brought in Leesville and low and everyone else in the cap six, um, I think it's going to be a really tight conference. So look forward to that. Yeah. Alex, anything up your way, boys and girls, surprising you? Uh, one of the great surprises this season, and it's a wonderful thing for high school basketball to dovetail off of what Chelsea said. Sanderson is playing under first-year head coach Roy Robertson, who served previously as a North Carolina State assistant. And back on the bench for Sanderson in an assistant coach's capacity is Sanderson's athletics director, David Neal, who is one of the preeminent teachers of the game in all of high school basketball. Had a very successful 17-year run at Apex High School. You might remember the name David Neal from UNC and the Tar Heels 1994, I mean 1995, Final Four team. Uh, David Neal, very, very uh, successful educator, coach, and a phenomenal teacher of the game. Wonderful to see him back on the sideline helping out in a coaching capacity, though he is uh, an athletics director now. So um, that's a pleasant surprise. But uh, you want to talk about the uh, efficacy of education-based athletics. David Neal is a torchbearer of that. Rick, Charlotte surprises. Got to be country days. Got to be on your list. Well, I have four four surprises, basically. You know, first of all, United Faith with Darian Holloway is a first-year coach. They were defending state champions. They're 17-2. and two. They're ranked in the top 10 across the state. For first-year coach, he's done a remarkable job. The other thing that I think uh, done a remarkable job year in, year out is Brian Frazier at Chambers. They lost Jalen Curry, and they also lost um, Daniel Sanford. And, you know, currently, you know, they're like 11-4, and four, and they played one of the toughest schedules in the state as far as non-conference. They continue to battle the North Mex of the world. I think year in, year out, they're the surprise team for me. Um, also, Central Cabarrus is another surprise team. They went 31 last year. They're 15-0 and 0 this year. Everybody's been sort of, you know, talking about their their lack of strength as far as non-conference schedule. They went out during the uh, offseason. They played a tougher schedule. Um, they've beaten the teams like Lake Norman, Butler, Cox Mill, Concord Academy, United Faith, both teams in the top ten, and um, Charlotte Catholic on the road. They're 15 and 0. I think Jim Baker has done a really good job there. They're 45 and 1 over the last two years. And the other surprise is the best team no one's talking about, and that is Jeff Bishop at Olympic. 
Ah, yeah. 16 and 0. <laughs> that's, a, that's certainly a big surprise. They're doing quite well. But Rick, I tell you, one team is not a surprise is North Mecklenburg, and one player that's not a surprise is Isaiah Evans. 45 points, game winning three the other night, the game of the year so far in Charlotte. And let's take a look at what he had to say after the game. It was the game of the year in Mecklenburg County so far. With less than five seconds to go, Chambers took the lead on North Mecklenburg at home before Isaiah Evans, the five-star recruit, calmly came up the right side of the court and sank a deep three-pointer to win the game. I feel great, man. You know, obviously everyone knows we lost both times last year. You know, I feel good to be the one to end the game. But, I mean, I'm just great for my teammates staying in the game, being behind me, hitting big shots, playing defense, and just being there for me. Well, I mean, when I got the ball, I seen that it was a, it was a lot of space behind my man. So then, you know, my, my coach Trey and all of them me I shoot a lot of threes, but I need to get to that man range. So a lot of those late shots, so it was just man range shot, pulling up, getting the shot, that's reps. That's all I practice. Yeah, well, you know, we expect things like that out of Isaiah. You know, that's why, you know, you have some people like, we don't know if he's that good or this and that. Look, he's really good. He's really good. And he's also a leader for us. He doesn't have to take a ton of shots tonight. We needed him to. Um, but he does a really good job of, you know, getting the ball to everybody else and keeping our guys up. And that's one thing our guys did quit. Um, you know, we had that lead, I would say, for the majority of the game. And then they made that little run there in the fourth quarter, which is good for them. They made some big shots, but our guys didn't shut down. And he got them in that hole. It's like, hey, we're going to keep battling here. And that's that's who he is. Not, he ain't just a scorer. He does a lot of things for us. Okay, well, first thing before we transition here to follow up on that wonderful piece right there. So, Cameron, you had the most recent opportunity to see Isaiah in person when this went down. So, right, beyond the game-winning shot, put his total game into perspective in terms of just play off of what Coach Lewis said. He's really good. Can you put it in a broader perspective for us? A uh, broader perspective. I mean, he could single-handedly, I mean, like you said, he had 45 points. He had 45 of the 77. And this kid could single-handedly lead this team to a state championship run. Um, he's just so impressive. I mean, his nickname is Showtime Slim. You know, my nickname for him is the Slim Reaper. I mean, that dude just, he hits big shots. He takes the life out of opponents. And, I mean, he is, he's my Mr. Basketball right now, hands down. Woo! Wow. You just heard it right there from Mr. Cameron Williams. And from what I've seen of him, he's in the conversation. There's no question about that. I, mean, I, I have to agree with what Cameron said in terms of him being in the conversation. So, uh, Cameron, thank you for that firsthand insight and uh, what you uh, brought us there, that perspective there. And uh, expanding out a little bit for um, additional perspective on a very talented Charlotte Mecklenburg basketball landscape. I want to bring in the one and the only Miss Sammy Sin. Sammy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Very well. Very well. Welcome. Welcome. So, uh, yes, Mr. Evans was very, very impressive. And uh, Sammy, you had an opportunity to check in midseason with another up and coming young player, uh, Brock Rose over at uh, Ardrey Kell. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, not only uh, Brock Rose, but just how your whole 
journalistic experience is going and being immersed in the high school basketball scene here. Uh, just tell us a little bit how it's going and what were some of your takeaways from your interview with Brock? Um, it's going really well, actually. I'm pretty new to it all, but it's not bad. Um, and my interview with Brock was really well. He's a shooting guard at Audrey Kell, and it was really easy going interviewing him. Okay. All right. Uh, I can. Before we go to this uh, interview, any insight you can give us on Brock Rose? Uh, sniper. Uh, the kid, <laughs> I've covered him for two years now. He is a walking bucket, um, puts his team on his back. Uh, Arthur Kell lost their point guard last year. So from what I've seen, you know, he brings the ball to the floor sometimes this year. I mean, Brock's just a really talented kid. All right. Well, let's see talent and talent, talent on the court and talent on the journalism waves by Miss Sammy Sen right here. Let's go to this interview. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm Sammy Sen, and today we have Brock Rose. He's a shooting guard at Archie Hill. So Brock, Archie Hill is a 6-8 and eight and 5-0 and oh at home. How does your team practice to make it the best they can be? Uh, we really just lock in from the start of practice to the end. Everyone brings great energy. We all talk. Uh, the main goal in the locker room is to win games, and to win games, that starts with a great practice. So that all motivates us to have a great practice and just go win games. You guys have nine more games left this season after a game against South Bank, and they're all conference games. How are you making sure you go and play your best and bring home a big win? And Coach Kraft, his motto is take it one game at a time. So uh, just take one game at a time, and we'll see where that takes us. Tell me about Audrey Kell's win against Cutperson. How did it feel to win? Uh, it felt really good, actually. That was our first road win, and uh, we were actually 5-0 at home, like you mentioned. And that was our first true road win. So in a great environment, it was crazy. It felt good. But that will really set us up for uh, conference road games and tough crowds and lead us to success, hopefully. What's been your favorite game this season so far? My favorite game for sure was uh, Providence, just because the rivalry against Providence and Audrey Kell, um, everyone came out. It was a bunch of people. It was loud. It was crazy. It was the first game of the season, too, so – that was just adding more energy, and to start off 1-0 like that was really fun. This being your senior year, how do you think you've grown to be the basketball player you are throughout your high school years, and do you plan on playing college and pursue your career on basketball? Uh, yes, a goal of mine since I was little has definitely been to play college basketball, and I'm going to be committing after the season, wherever that takes me. Um, I'm really excited for that next step, and, yeah, I'm just ready. I'm ready to get there. Thank you so much, Brock. Thank you. <laughs> Oops. The outtakes from that video are really cool. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play with those outtakes you guys had, <laughs> Sammy. I thought that was really cool. Um, Coach Grind is always on here when Chelsea gets done. What does he always say that you have to say, Chelsea? Well, what Griner? What yeah. I always say. Now, what does he always ask you to How to reach you? Hit or my hit DMs. Hit your DMs. Okay. Sammy, how do, how do people get in touch with you? How to hit your DMs? Um, you can just DM me on Instagram or Twitter, anything, any type of social media. Yeah, so reach out to Sammy so you can get featured uh, on the Problem Observer, the News Observer. As Chelsea always says, it's the most coverage you can get anywhere in the state of North Carolina. 
All right, we got uh, my man uh, Randall back, and so I got to bring in Trey Horton, the newest member of the Huff basketball team. I'm a little scared of this interview. Wow. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be scared too. <laughs> Trey's committed to Texas El Paso. How you doing, Trey? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well. Uh, Sammy, I think you got the first question for Mr. Horton. I do? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I got a question for Ronald. All right, go ahead. Let oh. me go next. All right, come on, Randy. What's the question, man? Ronald, I just want to ask you, like, from your junior season to where you're at right now, what do you think has been the biggest improvement in your game? Um, mainly because I think a lot of people just thought of you and looked at you as just a catch-and-shoot guy. And I think this spring and summer and into this season, you kind of blossomed and shown people other aspects of your game. So – I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, I really think it happened right after that, my junior season. You know, I got in, in the gym with you and worked on, you know, other aspects of my game, like my ball handling, and, you know, creating off the dribble for not just myself, but my teammates as well. So I think, you know, that work that I put in and after the season really uh, showed in the spring and in the summer. Sammy? Okay, so Trey, you're a big time three point shooter. Which ACC team leads the league in a three point percentage? No, 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 not that one. <laughs> not that one. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, see. <laughs> no, Trey, you're a really good three point shooter. How does a player develop that type of skill? And is it never too late to start? Can I become a good three point shooter at 56? I mean, I think you can. It's really all about, you know, repetition and having a good foundation. Um, you know, I was blessed to, you know, work with some pretty good trainers in the past. Uh, you know, I've set, set my shot up well, and I think I have pretty pretty good mechanics, and I kind of just built on that as the years passed. Jesse. Trey, just last week you went from Providence State to Huff. That's private school to public school. You know, have there been any differences in the culture? Um, I think it's, you know, uh, they were both great cultures. Um, I think there's definitely some differences between, you know, the two. Um, but... I mean, I think I enjoy both of them is what I'm trying to hit at, but I don't think there's really been, you know, any many significant differences in the culture. And to follow up, I know you had all your friends at Providence Day. Was it hard leaving that? Yeah, it was. It was, it was really a tough decision for me. You know, senior year, you want to have fun, be around your friends. But at the same time, you know, I feel like I just had to do, you know, what's best for me at the, at the moment. So I, it was, that made that transition much easier, just putting that into perspective. Randall, what I want to know is, I know you work out, Trey. You work out like everybody who's good in Charlotte. But is he a hard worker, or does he come in and slack it off? As long as Alexander's not in the gym with him, he's a, he's a, he's a great worker. <laughs> nah, Trey comes in, and I don't normally have problems with Trey. Um, like, we just get to work. Uh, we have a lot of different things that we're working on. For him, it's, it's, it's a little bit different right now because I have been in contact with the staff at UTEP. So not only are we working on stuff that he needs, you know, for high school, but we're also mixing in some of the stuff that I know he's going to need for college already. So he never knows what he's walking into. And so, you know, some, some days it's some days we're working on stuff that we're using right now. Some stuff, sometimes we're working on stuff we're working on, you know, in the future. And then, you know, group group has a rule that you got to run a six minute mile. So last week we had a bunch of fun trying to get that mile time. It was it was awesome. What was your first mile time, Trey? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because that, that's actually a really good question. 
I think well, who was it, Randy? You were the one time me. You said it was, it was like it, it was six twenty. First one was six twenty. That's not bad. That's not bad. I'd be proud you, of that. Was, yeah, you have much to, much to go from that. What's what's yeah, Groove, what, what's Groove been well, like? Groove used to co-host the show. We we know he's a bunch of fun on the show, but what's he like to play for? He's I feel like he he gives a lot of energy. You know, practicing the court, so it's easy to you know pick up energy from him um, during the game as well. So he's 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 the type of coach to you know. Give give his players confidence. Yeah. So he's a he's a really easy guy to play for, and you know I, I'm loving it so far. How good can Huff be now with you over there? How good? I mean, they were good before, but how good can they be now? Like you said, I think that they're really good before. You know, they have a bunch of good pieces of Shaw, uh, Mason. They got a good point guard, Abe. Um, they really have some. They have some. You know, guys that some that know the role and will do the role you know, to the best of their abilities. But I think for us. Um, we can go as far as, you know, we want. Uh, it's really us who, who can stop, you know, us. Yeah, Rashad had 36 and 15, your first game in street clothes over there. Yeah, he was killing that game. He was trying to send you a message, like, you ain't coming to take over my team. I know, exactly. You sent me a message. All right, Trey, so it, the, the interview part is cool, but my favorite part of bringing the kid on is when we had the game show. So we're going to put up some questions, multiple choice. You and Randall are going to go at it. And you got to do me one favor – and knock him off because Randall thinks he never ever loses, so you got to knock him off. Oh well, I will. Right. Trust me. So I gotta, <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, contractually obligated to play his little theme music like I have to. Yeah, football. And then I got my own play. intro, uh, Trey. You're a weirdo. I'm Randall Clark. I am not Sam Griner. You will not beat me on the game show. You know what? I I really messed up because I can't tell which question comes in which order. So you guys got to bear with me one second. It's the first show of the season. I think this is right. Yeah. All right. Chelsea, there you go. All right. Which ACC team leads the league in three-point percentage? A, Clemson. B, Virginia. C, Notre Dame. Or D, Wake Forest? Trey, you're first. Um, I think, you know, watching him – Play over the summer and pray to work out. I gotta go. Uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. All right. Yeah, you might have you might have watched him work out, but you ain't watching play this year. That's hey, that is, If you watch Notre Dame, you know that's definitely. I know what it's definitely not Notre Dame. Um, right. Let's start okay. this thing off right. It's a Clemson. Let's go. A Clemson, and the answer is Clemson. They're making forty percent of their threes as a team. Yeah. You're already in the hole, Ronald. All right? Did you look this up? Didn't need to. I watch college say, basketball. I'm gonna sir. send this to, yeah, send yeah, this to a third yeah, someone. Yeah. You talking trash about him, though, Randall? I will do that. <laughs> uh, you guys got better. It's really hard for me to tell which question is which. I think that was nope. That's the wrong one. See, I'm giving away stuff before to come before we get to it. Uh, hold on. This is my fault because I didn't do these questions where I normally do, so I can't tell what they are. I think this one is right. No, that's not right. But I tell you what, um, who had this question? I tell you what, Sammy, just go with that question. Okay. Just so read on the Forbes, three of these athletes were among the highest paid in 2022. Which one was not in the top ten? A. Kevin Durant, NBA. B. Roger Federer, men's tennis. C. Tom Brady, NFL. And D. Tiger Woods, golf. Randall. 
Mm. This one's tough. It's either A or B. I'm going to go with A, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. What do you say, Trey? I was going to say Kevin Durant, too. That's your answer? Uh, yeah. Answer's Tiger Woods. Tiger made a mere $68 million last year, making him number 14 on the list. Number one was Lionel Messi, $130 million, and number two was LeBron. He just had to make sure he threw that number two in there. 121.5. Any chance chance he gets to mention that now, he's going to take full advantage. Good gracious. That's my guy. That's my guy. All right. So I'm I'm going further in my uh, game show mistake here. Uh, That's the one I just asked. No, Did we ask that one? No, we didn't ask that one. All right. Chelsea, go ahead. Eight NBA players currently average 29 or more points. Which one of these players is not on the list? A, LeBron James, Lakers. B, Devin Booker, Suns. C, Donovan Mitchell, Cavaliers. Or D, Jason Tatum, the Celtics. Trey. I think Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. Randall. I think it's C, Donovan Mitchell as well. The answer is B, Devin Booker. Dang, I was between B and C too. I'm stumper. I don't normally stump rattle this easily. And Trey, you're not taking advantage of all these stumbles. Yeah, that was that was a big fumble. I normally. I mean, I think that's seventy-one. Okay, I just asked that one. Hold on. I, I apologize for those of you watching. I'm normally better than this, but I, I really messed up of how I listed these questions. I can't tell which is which. All right, Sammy, read that one. It's the number one rap song on Spotify and is performed by an artist whose real name is Gloria Woods. She teams up with Cardi B on this track. Name it. A, Hotel Lobby. B, Sleazy Flow. C, Tomorrow 2. D, Super Freaky Girl. Randall. B, Sleazy Flow. Sleazy Flow. Trey. Tomorrow 2. Trey gets it correct and we are tied. I knew he knew that one. Yeah, Randy. Yeah. I've never heard anybody call him Randy. I used to always ask him, does anybody call you Randy? Oh, yeah, that's Trey. his nickname. Trey. That's Trey calls yeah. you Randy? Trey. I asked that one. Hold on. This is the last question, too. This is a tiebreaker. Oh, Lord. You can say, you can say around the home real upset. There we go. Chelsea. Which ACC player leads the league in three-point field goal percentage? A, Terquavion Smith, NC State. B, Darren Green, Florida State. C, Damari Monsanto, Wake Forest. Or D, Casey Morsell, NC State. It's on Trey. Hey, can Randall go first? No, nope, it's you. All, all these three-point questions are for you. Terquavion Smith? Randall? T. I was going for this is for Coach Rick. I was going baby T as well. All right, that's your uh, answer. Yeah. The answer is Casey Marcel of NC State. Oh man. 46% from three. 46%. Trey, you should be ashamed of yourself. They get they get he literally throw you it was three questions about three point shooting. What is that? I, 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 I was really, I was really trying to give him. I was really trying to give him an L star. He was like, he's really trying to help y'all this year. If that's how all the questions gonna be, I might actually lose this year. <laughs> I would have thought hey, it was going to We got, we got to make it tough for you. Got to make it tough. But Trey, look, man, thanks for coming on. Best of luck with Coach Groove and, and Huff. I know you guys got some tough games coming up. 
Thank you. Thank you for having right, me. Take care. Right, get healthy, man. I will. All right, that's Trey Horton. And Sammy, we're going to say goodbye to you as well. Thanks for coming on. Um, we'll be back next week. Another great interview. And, and uh, hopefully I have my questions a little better organized next week as well. Thank you for having me. Bye. All right, Sammy. Take care. Sammy saying her maiden voyage of talking preps. And now it's time to talk girls basketball. And uh, Leanne made me a little intro. Oh, yes, Randall, tell me about the girls' basketball games of the week. Whew. I mean, we got Myers Park and South Mech, uh, which is always a good battle, uh, a good road test. I think that'll be a good game. Um, you know, we talked about surprises. Let me let me wait. Let me wait on that one. Um, you know, we talked about surprises. And I think the team for me on the girls' side has been the biggest surprise has been Mallet Creek, uh, just because they're so young. They're really young, and, and Coach Dixon has done a great job. Um, so I'm expecting that game Friday night versus Chambers to be be pretty electric. Um, you know, we talked about Lake Norman. They got Cox Mill this week. They've really been just rolling everybody, just like Gary said. Um, and then I think the game that will kind of fly under the radar for a lot of people is going to be East Rutherford and Mallet Creek on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, East Rutherford being being unbeaten going to Mallard Creek um, is going to be, you know, be a true test for them. And so we're going to find out really how good that East Rutherford team is uh, come Saturday, that Saturday afternoon. What do you think about that Myers Park game, though? Both those teams are undefeated in conference, both won three in a row. Um, I know Myers Park's best player is not 100%, but what do you think about that game? That could decide a conference champion. It's, it probably does. It probably does decide, decide the conference championship. Um, I think it's, it's, it'll be a really, really good test for Myers Park because Mia Zaris is not 100% right now. Yep. But I think that they play so many games without her, and I think it's really done wonders for some of those other kids. I think Jaron Truesdale's confidence has been lifted. I think Raven Alexander's confidence has been lifted. I think Reese is doing a better job. Um, so they're all playing better. And I think, you know, Mia is one of those people that she can just kind of slide in. So I think, you know, this is going to be a really tight game. Uh, I'm guessing it'll be a couple couple possessions, you know, here or there. Um, really just determining on who, who takes care of the basketball better, I think, ends up being a determining factor uh, Tuesday night. Shouldn't yeah, Grandma, shouldn't grandma be coaching you? Oh, my gosh. you She's going to get you. Like, she she's going to get you. Like, that's been a whole year. You still call her Grandma. I didn't call I'm not, her. I'm not falling. I'm not falling on the show for you. I didn't call Barbara Nelson grandma. When 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 I see her, I'm gonna be like, "That's all Langston." Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm, Myers Park's played a tough schedule too. They have. They have. Barbara they Nelson have. deserves a lot of credit for you know losing her best player and, and uh, you know going and playing the team she played and, and doing as well as she's done. Um, I, I think is is they continue to get healthy. Myers Park is going to be. In the mix with the Lake Normans and the Mallet Creeks and the North Mex, I think as we as we get down to it, that is that is a uh, that I think the four A girls playoffs could sneaky be really good in the West this year. <laughs> they could be really. really I'm gonna good. tell you a team to 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 be on the lookout for around February is is uh, Mallet Creek. Yeah, yeah, they're young. They are, they are young, but 
they're they're getting better. Mm. They got the two old guys back on the bench helping yeah. out. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I knew uh, I knew they weren't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, they 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 try to act like they're not into it, but they back into it because you know they they used to success. Yeah, and let's back, let's back they, out. And look at uh, Chelsea's big game of the week this week. What do you got, Chelsea? Um, so this week I'm headed to Wakefield at Millbrook High School, and I got to see Millbrook in the girls' John Wall tournament to kind of get an early look at them, and I was really impressed. Love watching Rachel Douglas. She's a great player. But um, I think one thing that really stands out to me is Wakefield has such a young team. If they even have any seniors, I think they're absolutely just sophomore, freshman heavy. But um, nonetheless, I think they're a little overlooked for the talent they have. Mm. And no matter the outcome of this game, I think – It'll be a great conference matchup and also really shining some light on the younger talent that Wakefield has. Alex, what 4A team do you think can come out of the East and meet one of these Western teams in the championship game? And we also got, I mean, the Northern Gilbert team in Greensboro is really good too in the West. I'll look at a handful of teams. And if you, if you kind of look back at what happened last year, so you had Millbrook, which ran the table, undefeated at its conference. You had Hillside, which ran the table undefeated in its conference. Mm-hmm. You had uh, Cardinal Gibbons, which ran the table undefeated in its conference. You had Panther Creek, which was in a wicked conference. My goodness. That uh, Southwestern Wake with uh, Apex Friendship and India Navarre last year. Yeah. And, and they're very good again. Green level is always competitive. That That's just an absolutely wicked conference. So I'd begin with those four. Okay. Um, and you have um, Panther Creek beat Cardinal Gibbons. Cardinal Gibbons beat Millbrook. Hillside beat Cardinal Gibbons. They've all been beating up on each other. Uh, it's really going to set the stage for a competitive. If if the bracket plays out like it should, then that Eastern regional, quote unquote, those last four could be very good. They've all been beating up on each other. So I, I'd begin with those four. Uh, the other side note I make on uh, the game of the week about which uh, Chelsea spoke so eloquently, and we want to talk three-pointers like we were talking on the game show, and maybe we can get Wakefield girls coach Donald Williams into the mix. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he hit a few three-pointers back in the game. He sure did hit a few in the final four for sure. Uh, just, just Smiley. Look at Gary Smiley down there. So uh, if we want to talk three-pointers, Donald Williams, let's go. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I didn't know he was there. I didn't know he was coaching there. Yeah, he's co- he's coaching there. All right. Uh, Alex, um, one, one team we didn't hear you mention was Southeast Raleigh. Have, have they fallen off? I wouldn't say fallen off. Not what they have been, but certainly in the mix again. Uh, the only reason – the only reason I didn't mention them is, is they really hadn't been in that rotation of of the uh, uh, teams, teams that have been picking up on each other. Right. But they're always going to be in the mix. And that's one of the most unfavorable playoff draws anybody can get. So certainly Southeast Raleigh always in the equation. Maybe not in the same ways of the past 15 years or so. But, but I don't want to see them in the playoffs. All right, Randall, we've been promising Miss Basketball. Who's on your first list? Well, a lot of a lot of familiar names. A lot of familiar names this year. Um, Carson Williams, he's been amazing for Lake Norman. The engine um, offensively and on defensive and defensively. And I think she's done a great job 
their number one observer poll, so I definitely think she deserves to be there. Blanca Thomas. Number nine player in the country, Blanca Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Six, six five, shot blocker, doing a great job. Mario, Mario Jones, Jones over at North Pitt is just filling it up um, offensively for them. Sarah Chelsea, Stone, hold on, hold on. Chelsea says she's a buggy. What do you know about Zamaria Jones, Chelsea? I watched her in the girls' John Wall tournament, and um, win or lose, I think she was MVP nearly every game they played in, if not every game. And, wow. and her stats are just incredible. And she, you know, for how young she is, too, I mean, I was incredibly impressed by her. Well, I tell you, the girl we were doing our uh, observer preview section, we were asking all the girls. Randa came up with this question to ask the girls who was the best player you ever faced. And almost everybody said Sarah Strong, man. What's up with Sarah Strong? It's a walking double double, and she is a nightmare. I don't, there's not too many kids that I like struggle to coach against. And she is, she can score inside, she can score outside. It's, it's amazing what that kid can do. Her vision, passing on basketball, like she can beat you in so many ways. Um, you know, Kylie Chavis is is another person, another player uh, down there in that Pembroke area. She does a great job of of not only scoring but rebounding the basketball, just like Laney Smith at Chapel Hill. Um, Samaya Suffering is someone who I've got to watch and and, and see kind of grow the last four years over at Cannon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Virginia Tech got them a, a great get. Um, like Chelsea mentioned earlier, Rachel Douglas. A kid that another kid that that puts the ball in the basket uh, can score from all three levels. She's really good. Samantha Sheehan is a young young kid on this list who we don't necessarily see. Uh, she's doing a great job at Lake Norman. Hey, Reverend, really- how good is Lake Norman? They got two girls on Miss Basketball. Watch yeah, Lake, Nor- Lake Norman is really good. Lake Norman is really good, and and like we said earlier at the beginning of the show, like they have kids that just do their job. Uh, they have kids that could go get 20, but they also have kids on the team who might not score in a game, but their defense has been amazing and they'll just lock you down. So, you know, everybody kind of understands, you know, it doesn't seem like there's egos involved. That It seems like everybody's just trying to win basketball games right now. Uh, Emerson Thompson uh, over at Falls Lake, uh, you know, she's a, a great point guard. She actually plays in the summertime with, with, with Sarah. Uh, she can put the ball in the hole and, and is really leading – Leading right now, uh, the state and assist. And then uh, to round out the list, both Jada Angel and Jemiah Blakeney, uh, they, they just put the ball in the hole right now. now. Is, is this list in order, or you were just naming folks as they came to your mind? Order, there's no specific order. No specific uh, Right now, we just, yeah, no specific order yet. You know, we, we decided on 12 names. So these are these are the 12 people that I put on, on my Miss Basketball Watch list uh, for right now. Okay, well, we'll trim down this list as the season goes along and players can play their way on or play their way off. And then it will get down uh, to a final three uh, in the playoffs. And maybe we'll try to do it like football, have all three girls and all three boys come on and, and let Randall and Rick hand out the Miss Basketball Awards, which are the biggest awards in the state. We have fun with that in football. Grice put a, a ton of work into that during football season. So shout out. Grice had a baby, by the way. So shout out, uh, Grice. Have a little girl. All right. Uh, we got Rice, our, Rice had a baby. Oh, a son. Yeah, he did. A son. I'm sorry. He had a, Rice, a Rice had a baby. Yes. Yeah. Grace had a baby. <laughs> no. Alex, here, Alex, here Alex is. Alex, I'm here we go. Bad about a man who just I was waiting. I can't believe it took him 43 minutes, but here we go. <laughs> no, no, I was just saying, Grace had a baby. Yes, he did. He did. He also watches the show. All right, uh, Randall's time to talk about your All Observer. Let's start with the third team. Who made third team All Observer midseason? Third team right now. 
uh, Olivia Robertson, like we talked about, uh, young young. We talked about the young players over at uh, at Mallard Creek. She's on there. Cameron Kitchen, who has done a great job at Independence. I think a lot of people were questioning how good that team was going to be once Kay- Kaylee Carson went down in preseason with the. Uh, with uh, her ACL injury, there really hasn't been a big drop off. Cameron has been a big reason why. Taryn Truesdale at, uh, at Myers Park also, you know, leading the Mustangs uh, while Mia Mia Zaris has been injured. Um, Jemai Blankley, who we just talked about, um, has done a really good job scoring the basketball for Forest Hills. And Shaylin Bell, uh, not only scoring the ball but also rebounding the ball well um, for North Stanley, uh, rounds out the list. That was a name I had not heard, Shaylin Bell, when I saw your list. I was like, who is that? And I looked up. I said, oh, okay. I see why. Yeah. Here's second yeah. team rounder. Here we go. <clears throat> second team, a name we, we are all too familiar with, the, the Hollyfield name from Shelby. She's she's right back to it, even though her sister graduated. Um, she's having a really good season. L Stone, a name that – we a lot of people might not know, but she's really doing a good job in Mallard Creek. Another one of their young players who's really putting the basketball in the hole. Yeah, she just moved Jordan. here from California. She was considered her and her younger sister were both considered two of the best youth players in California. The dad yeah. moved the, the whole family moved to Charlotte. The dad's gonna be coaching at Harding, but they called her baby LeBron out in California. So just yeah, I mean that's the that's the that's the kid who I you know I haven't got to see yet, but I'm excited to see her. I, um, I've seen her. She is very good and she's long and can handle okay. the ball. Good. Uh, Jordan Ladder over at Providence Day. Uh, you know, Josh, Josh Springer got him another one. Um, she's she's she looks like she's starting to put it together. And it's been fun watching her develop over the last couple of years. Uh, her her game is really starting to blossom. Um, Kiara Dixon Booker over at North Mac, another kid who is who is doing really well. Uh, I did. I don't think a lot of people were sure how good North Mac was going to be, but. You know, they came out very strong, and, and they're sitting at number two right now on, on the Observer uh, Sweet 16. And Kate Sears is going to uh, What school round out. Sears this. Round oh, here we go. She, she goes to Wataga, Langston. Oh, okay. All right. All right. She goes to Wataga. Thank you. I, I, how did I know that was coming? Kate Randall calls Wataga Watuga. Oh, my gosh. Now now, now I'm going to be hearing from all the Wataga people for the rest of the night. Thanks, Langston. Watuga, really Oh, my gosh. Lord have mercy. Uh, Jordan Ladder, though, shout out to her. She had 24 points against Asheville Christian, which is the defending state 3A champions in the private school side, led private state to a big win. Uh, she's having a great, great season. She's, I mean, she's had a great career as well. All right, let's find out who made the first team, all observer first team, and a player and coach of the year. Well, first off is Blanca Thomas. Um, she's done a great job over at Catholic. Really, really leading the way for the for the Cougars. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think they've gotten off to the greatest of starts, but you know, I still think there's a lot of basketball to be played, and I think there are a lot of people that are counting them out. So I'm going to be really interested to see the run that they make um, in February because I think they could be one of those dark horse teams that can creep up on some people and give people a lot of problems when the state playoffs get here. Uh, Nevea Farmar, a name that we always see on this list, she's done a great job for North Mac. Uh, really leading them um, both on both ends of the floor. <clears throat> uh, Samaya Suffering, who we talked about earlier over at Cannon, uh, she'll be going to play for Virginia Tech next year. She's done a really good job. Uh, Gerson Lewis-Williams again. It's so funny that we talked about so many of these kids already. Uh, yeah. She's really just, you know, just 
all around playing well for Lake Norman. And last but not least, Samantha Sheehan, who, as we mentioned earlier, is shooting the lights out for Lake Norman right now. Uh, my coach of the year. What's that? You said KD is coach of the year. What, what, what was behind KD that? is coach of the year. I think, you know, I think I, I they weren't on my radar at the beginning of the season. Let's just call it what it is. I mean, obviously I figured KD was going to, you know, they were going to be all right. And I follow KD on, 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 on Facebook. And she, before the season, told people, like, listen, we're going to be good. And I was like, oh, okay. So that, that kind of got my attention. But now, like, watching them as, as we've gotten into non-conference and now that we get in the conference, they're, they're a really good basketball team. I think she's done a great job. Uh, and it's, it's hard when you have a bunch of freshmen and sophomores and you got new kids that are coming in. And I think she's done a phenomenal job up to this point. So midseason coach of the year for me. All right, we're going to flip over to the boys. You saw the guru flipping his paper, doing his homework. So let's get right to it. Boys basketball games of the week, Rick. Well, the game of the week, I think the game that everybody's looking for is Saturday at Carmel's um, MLK event where we have Carmel Christian going up against Myers Park. I think both these teams are favored to win the state championship at the 4A public for Myers Park. North Mech may have something to say about that. And then on the private school side, uh, you know, Carmel's the lead favorite. Um, you know, I think Cannon's the outside looking in. But you have two teams I think are really the two top teams in the state. You look at Myers Park, they have three legitimate high major prospects on their lineup. You know, they have Bishop Boswell, Sir Muhammad, and they have a sophomore who has unlimited potential with Sadiq. Um, and he's going to be tremendous. He's probably going to be a 20, top 20 type prospect nationally. Um, so on the on paper, I think Myers Park has more overall talent. Um, on the flip side, you look at um, Carmel, you got, you know, uh, Jade Mustoff, who's going to be probably a five-star prospect. You got Bryce Cash. You got Kamani Wirtz. Um, you know, I think that the, the game at, at Carmel is going to come down to defense and the ability to hit the perimeter shot. And I think it's one of those games that's just going to go right down to the wire. Um, so I think that's the game everybody's basically looking for um, this particular week is the marquee matchup between Carmel and Myers Park. And then some of these other games on here, what kind of sticks out to you? Or, or Cam, does anything stick out to you? Let me come before I come back to Rick. Does anything stick out to you about some of these games? Well, you know, you look at Hopewell playing North Mac. Um, you know, that's going to be at North Mac. And um, North Mac just doesn't lose very often at home. Um, Hopewell's a very talented team. They have Quay Watson. Um, they're the only team to beat New Hanover, which is a top um, 10 team in the um, public school foray. So they're a very dangerous team. But, you know, when you have, you know, you have North Mac playing at home and, you know, they just have, they just seem to be rolling right now. So I would say that North Mac um, would be the favorite to win that particular game. You have West Charlotte at Chambers. This could be a trap game for Chambers at home, you know, coming off an emotional loss to North Mac. Um, but on paper, I think they'll win the game. Um, the game I'm going to go see this week is going to be Audrey Kale at Olympic. Um, I've seen Audrey Kale this year. I have not had a chance to see Olympic yet. I'm anxious to see them. They have two really good younger classmen, um, a, a sophomore and a junior. So they, they're a team of the future. Uh, and that game is going to be a tremendous game for, you know, who's going to win that particular conference. Um, so that one is going to be a good game. Weddington at Porter Ridge. Um, Weddington's defending back-to-back um, -back state champions. Um, those teams are very evenly matched. Um, I think that's a toss-up. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, that could go either way. 
Well, um, Cameron, what as you look at that West Charlotte North Met game Friday, Cameron, Independence Butler, Olympics playing Mars Park, the day before Mars Park plays Carmel, what do you see in those games? I mean, Olympic has played really well. I mean, obviously undefeated, but I mean, Mars Park, they just have, you know, Buku's a talent. Um, but I actually think that Audrey Kale might actually give Olympic their first loss on Tuesday. Wow. Um, you know, Olympic people are probably going to hate me because I picked against them when they played Audrey Kale during football season. But uh, Audrey Kale, they're you know, very talented. I think their record really isn't indicative of how solid that team is. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Olympic, you, know, you can't argue with undefeated. Um, but West Charlotte and Chambers, West Charlotte uh, – or no, Hopewell and North Mech, that was the game I was going to talk about. Um you know, North Met, I, I want to see how Evans performs, you know, after such a big game that he had this past week. I think, you know, Hopewell took North play Chambers to a one-point game. Chambers played North makes an overtime game. I know you can't always, you know, add two and two together with basketball, but I think that could be a really good game. That conference in football and basketball is just phenomenal, that, that Queen City uh, 3A, 4A. I know a lot of people say their conference is the best conference, but it's hard to argue with that conference uh, year in, year out. All right, Rick, let's see who you pick for Mr. Battle. the record from Raleigh and say that the Queen City 3A, 4A, year in and year out, is the state's best conference. There it I'll, is. I'll, I'll tell you, conference. I'll, I'll go on the record and say it. Not, not the contrarian actually agreeing with somebody. Oh, my goodness. We got to make sure we timestamp it. You guys going to get the people from the greater metro all fired up. I tell you that. I tell you, I tell you, the conference is going to be fun to watch this year, and that's the Southwestern 4A. Yes, um, I think that's going to be a very intriguing right. um, um, season there because you got really three or four teams that could win the conference championship. Yes, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'll talk about the Greater Metro. I mean, they got a lot of talented teams, but I mean, in football season, man, <laughs> I had everybody, especially Grice, coming at my neck about talking down about the Greater Metro team. But hey. They have a lot of they have incredible fan support, and that's you know part of what makes games great is having the, the, the student section and the fans there. But Rick, it's time to see who made your Mr. Basketball list for the boys. We saw Randall's on the girl side. My first question: Are these in order, or are you like Randall? You just gave a list. Um, they're pretty much in order. I mean, I think the first five can be interchanged to some degree. Okay. Um, uh, you know. You look at Drake Powell. I think you know the guy. You know, guy's already committed to UNC, but he's six six. He might be the most complete player out of the all all the players that we have mentioned. I think Drake Powell definitely is the most complete basketball player in the, in the state of North Carolina. He does it on both ends of the court. He mm-hmm. is a um, he's a scorer at all three levels. He has one of the nicest mid range jumpers. Um, he can handle the ball. He can facilitate but he's also one of the best defenders in the state. And also what I like about Drake Powell, he's a 4.0 GPA student and probably one of the nicest, polite young men you'll ever be. Um, I think Austin Swartz has made the biggest improvement of any player from last year to this year. Last year, Austin was basically known as a shooter. I think the transition to him going to the point guard is going to elevate his stock nationally because now he's at a, you know, a 6'4", 6'5", point guard who can facilitate he can score and i've seen games where he's had 30 points and 10 uh, assists you don't see many players doing that um jade mustaf at at carmel um i just think his intangibles is his leadership and his ability to defend he's he's one of the toughest downhill guards that you'll find he just finds a way to win so he's one at the shoe circuit you know he led his team to the um uh, adidas championship and i think he'll lead 
Carmel to the state championship as well. The one that, you know, I think everybody's going to be talking about for, for some time now is Isaiah Evans after the performance he had against, yeah. you know, Chambers Friday night. And the thing about it is the 45 points that he scored, most every one of those shots was contested. They were difficult shots. There was very few shots where he was left wide open. And there was two or three times where he – got fouled in the act of shooting. He went to the free throw line and hit free throws. And a matter of fact, in that particular game, he went 11 for 11. So, you know, I think he's going to be in the conversation. If I had to, you know, have a top three right now, I'd have to say Drake, Austin, and Isaiah would be the top three. But, I mean, Jade's not too bad himself. Um, over at Salisbury, you got um, Jaden Juke Harris. Uh, he's 6'7". Um, he's a national prospect as well. You got Paul McNeil that's moved back from um, – you know, the West Coast playing for Richmond County. Um, but here's the thing about it is, if you look at the list, one through eight, every one of those guys are high major prospects. Um, at number nine, you got Josh Short, who I think it's criminal that he's going to the University of New Orleans. It, it, I find it hard to believe that no North Carolina school really recruited this okay, young let, man. Let me pause you right there, Rick. Alex, doesn't he play in ECU's backyard? All right, I'm going to give the abridged version. We don't have enough time for me to expound on this and the issues I have with that. But Rick set it up very, very well. Every year, I like to make a list that I entitle the how did he get out of North Carolina list. <laughs> and then you create a situation where, let me just give you a little backstory here. And and I, I will, with all due respect, uh, and Rick did a great job of reminding me of this, that previous ECU coach Joe Dooley did offer Josh Short. Right. And the current coaching staff kind of shied away from him. So, so let's just say that. Okay. But also at the same time, let's also point out that ECU has a history. I'll give you an example. When Ricky Stokes was the coach at ECU, he went through his first cycle at ECU from coming in in the spring to spring and summer recruiting to preseason skill development in the fall to playing an actual season, going through that first whole cycle. And through that first whole cycle, neither Ricky Stokes nor a single member of his coaching staff set foot in Kinston High School, what? 25 miles down the road. You're not going to get Reggie Bullock. You're not going to get Brandon Ingram, but I can make a list of kids who've come through Kinston High School during the times of Bullock and Ingram that ECU could have gotten. It's the same thing we're seeing play out in Josh Short, and it's even worse because 25 years ago, Larry Williford began on the ECU staff. Are you kidding so me? So there's a connection there. Well, this is this has been going on for coach after coach. When Bill Harrion was the coach at ECU, Bill Harrion's primary primary connections for recruiting were in Philadelphia. By and large, you're going to be hard pressed to get yeah. Philadelphia kids to be happy in Greenville, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a repeated trend. It's a repeated trend at ECU. Josh Short is just the latest. It is abominable. 
But but I just I just wanted to give you that historical perspective to show that this is nothing new. It's sad, and we're seeing it play out. Why ECU men's basketball, unless something changes crazy, never will be a major player in Division One basketball. Well, Chelsea, you'll have a lot of uh, questions for Mr. Short for your interview next week. I know. <laughs> a lot of, a lot yeah. of yeah. Um, well, for my money, I'm, I would if I don't pick Mr. Miss Basketball, but for my money right now, I would go with Austin Schwartz and I go with uh, 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 Catholic um, Blanca Thomas. If it, if it were, if I were picking that, that would be my picks. I think Austin has has dominated in a way I hadn't seen in, in a while. The way he's playing right now. All right. Um, we are now going to the midseason All Observer Basketball Team, Rick, and we're going to start as we did with Randall with the third team as soon as I find it and let you run through it. Yeah. I also want to mention one thing about the uh, Mr. Basketball. If you'll notice 11 of the 12 players that are listed are all juniors. So that list is going to look very similar next year. Mm, okay. Wow. <laughs> Third team observer, Rick. Well, you know, you have um, Jordan Neville at East, at East Mecklenburg. Um, East Mecklenburg's had a really good year. Um, I think they've only lost two games this year. Jordan Neville is a little um, scoring point guard. Um, he's been lighting it up from the outside, one of the better perimeter shooters out there. Mario Hansen at Chambers, I think he's Mr. Inside Out. I think the thing that's so unique about him is his ability to pass out of the low post. It may be the best passer on Chambers' team. Um, J.J. Moore is a little point guard at Concord Academy. Concord Academy has been ranked in the top ten in max prep pretty much the entire year. Um, you know, I think they're going to be one of the favorites to repeat at the 3A at the private school level. But he's the heart and soul of Concord Academy. He's the one that makes them go. He's the stir straw that makes the um, drink stir a little bit there. But anyway, um, we go T. Harris at East Rowan. He's probably a little bit of an unknown. Um, I've had a chance to watch him. He's 6'6". He's bouncy. He's athletic. He's averaged about 26 points a game. Ooh. And um you know, he's one of these guys that's flying under the radar. Unfortunately, East Rowan doesn't have a really good team this year, um, but I didn't want to take that away from him. And also, 6'8", so Michael Wilkins, he's in the um, sophomore class. We have him currently ranked number one okay. in the sophomore class, and um, he's starting to gain a lot of national attention. The one guy that I did want to mention, I, and I hope to see him, I know um, Kyler Harris at Porter Ridge is having a really good year this year. I think he's averaging 25 plus points a game. I haven't had a chance to see him play yet, so my objective is to see him play within the next week or two. Okay. I'm sure you will. You, 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 one thing I say about Rick, he puts eyes on all these guys. He just doesn't rank them off with somebody else does. He always gets his eyes on them. Uh, too. Second team, Rick. Well, Sir Muhammad is one of these players. He's a nationally ranked player as well. Um, again, you know, you look at his stats, the stats will not blow you away. He's averaging double figures, but he gets rebounds. He makes assists. He's a playmaker, but also he's a great defender. He's one of these guys that does all the intangibles, and a lot of the things he does on the basketball court doesn't always show up in the box score. Right. Um, Jaden Thompson, um, to me, is is he's one of these guys you're sitting there going, why doesn't this young man have some offers at a D1 or D2 level school? But Jaden Thompson is also the heart and soul for Central Cabarrus. Um, they're currently 15-0, and 0, and he is the leading scorer on the team, and he averages about five assists, five rebounds, and five steals per game. Um, you know, the lack of recruitment in Jaden Thompson, to me, is criminal. Um, John Lash at Charlotte Christian, you know, he came off the injury. I haven't had a chance to see him this year. 
Um, again, I'm going to go out and see him play as well, but he's having a field day scoring from all three levels and having a great year. Yeah, um, 50 and 24 in the game. Yeah, not too shabby. <laughs> um, now, I know Gary mentioned Quay Watson earlier. Quay Watson's having a, a phenomenal year at Hopewell. And, you know, Hopewell's lost about four or five games, but if you look at their max prep rankings – they're ranked pretty high because they have played a very difficult schedule yeah. and they should be rewarded for it. And a matter of fact, uh, they beat um, New Hanover, which has only lost one game, is, is ranked in the top 10 in the 4A, which tells you everything you need to know. Um, Randall Pettis is the little point guard at Bessemer City. Um, he's lightning on the court, jet quick. He can score, he can facilitate, and he's going to Northern Kentucky. Yeah, he's he's a really good player. He is an absolute bucket. They have a young lady over there. His name's escaped me. Who's also a bucket on the girls' team at, at Bessemer City. They got a nice little uh, doubleheader duet. If you want to stay and watch two games. All right, first team, coach and player of the year, and your first team. Well, I, I wouldn't agree with you, um, Langston, as far as you know, player of the year. But you know, Austin Swartz is definitely up there, and it could be changed between now and then. But Austin Swartz, I think, is one of these players that is going to make the biggest jump nationally. Um, like I said earlier, he's made the transition to the point guard, and he has been tremendous. He's averaging probably in the 20s, and the last few games I've seen, it's like he's doing a double-double. Almost every game, it's 10 assists, 25-plus points, and um, he's really special. And again, Jaden Mustoff, which we mentioned earlier, I just think his leadership ability is, is off the charts. And then you have Isaiah Evans, who is one of the best scores I've seen in quite some time. And the performance he had against um, Chambers the other night might have been one of the best performances I've seen in the last 10 years. Wow. And um, then we have Jaden Harris, which we talked about before. Um, now, Jaden Harris, I will say one thing about Salisbury. Um, their record is not as good as it should be, but they're a 2A school, and they have all younger players, all underclassmen. The thing that they've done this year is they've gone outside their comfort zone. The coach wanted to start playing teams that would help prepare his team for the, a state playoff run. So they played teams like Chambers and, you know, some 4A and 3A schools that they probably won't beat, but it's given them the experience and also given Jaden Harris a platform to play against some of the upper-level teams in the state. Right. And then, of course, I think Bishop Boswell, um, he, he and – Sir Muhammad interchange between the point guard position, but uh, he's just a tough guard. He really defends. I think he would be on the first team, all defensive team, if we had one. And um, right now my coach of the year is um, Jim Baker. Um, you know, Jim Baker um, at Central Bears, he has a very unorthodox style of play. It's a very unique style. They went 30-1 and one last year. They lost to West Charlotte, and that was their only loss. Again, he knew, he knew that he had to play tougher competition, so he tried to put in the schedule a lot of 4A teams this year. He's beaten a lot of good 4A teams in the Charlotte area by 30 and 40 points. I mean, so, you know, they're, you know, their record speaks for itself. But more importantly, they have beaten United Faith, Concord Academy. They also beat Gasson Day. Um, so they've tried to do their very best as far as – make it a more difficult schedule to get them prepared for the state playoff run. And I do think they will probably be in a state championship game against Northwood and Drake Powell for the 3A. 
Be one heck of a game. All right, Rick, it's time for you and I to step aside. It's time for Chelsea to make her debut as the host of Coach versus Coach. So for Coach versus Coach, we have Randall and Gary, and we have a lot of interesting topics to go over between the two. Y'all ready to get started? Let's do it. This is always going to be a fun. All right, Gary, so we'll start with you this week. 13 states have actually adopted a shot clock in North Carolina basketball across some form. And on the East Coast, that includes Georgia and South Carolina. Do you think North Carolina is kind of out of date with that behind? No, not really, because you don't see teams holding the ball. Um, I think the only reason North Carolina hasn't uh, adopted the shot clock is cost. When, when you add a shot clock, you have to add another scorekeeper, somebody else at the table uh, who just runs the shot clock as well as somebody else running the score, the scoreboard. So um, I think cost has been the only holdup. Uh, I think the cost could be alle- alleviated if, if the state really wanted to uh, contribute funding to it. But uh, I don't think we're missing out on anything in North Carolina because no one holds the ball. Uh, anymore. If they still held the ball, then yes, but no one holds the ball. So I don't think it's it's necessary at this time. Yeah. Randall. Ridiculous. I feel like I'm talking to Alex right now. What are you talking about? Yes, we need a shot clock. No question we need a shot clock. The game is played with a shot clock. How am I supposed to get my players ready at the high school level for college if we don't have a shot clock? It's not about holding the basketball. And I understand that it costs money and you got to put somebody else at the table. But the fact remains that the game is starting to move in a different direction. Every state should have a shot clock because it's only going to be beneficial to the players and the student athletes. And that's what matters. It shouldn't come down to, oh, it's going to cost us X amount of dollars and things like that. And I'm sure that when Alex gets back on here, he's going to start telling me how it's going to mess up scholastic athletics and all the using all these words. Well, that let me I speak for understand. Alex. 95% of the kids that play high school ball aren't going to play college ball. So I understand. Thing about I understand that, but if if but if I'm down six points and 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 we have two minutes left in the game without a shot clock, it's pretty much done. Now you're talking about kids having to learn how to play basketball the right way, which everybody wants to do. All right, now you got to learn how to play with time and score. Now you got to learn what's a good shot, what's a bad shot. I think a shot clock only helps us. It only moves us in the in a positive direction and. As usual, we're one of the last states to make adjustment. Randall, Clemson leads the ACC. Clemson has never won an ACC tournament. Do you think this year could be their shot? No. No. Clemson's not going to win the ACC. They're not going to win the ACC. They're not going to win the ACC tournament. They've had a great run. They 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 have a lot of good uh, senior leadership, but no. And this, and this ACC is bad. This is not a good conference this year. Uh you know, there are a lot of down teams. It's probably going to be one of those years where either Duke or Carolina doesn't make the tournament. And w- w- even with all that being said, my answer is still a hard no. Clemson will not win the ACC. Gary. Well, it's, it's hard to do something you've never done before. But I think if Clemson is going to ever win the ACC regular season, this is the year to do it. As he said, uh, Duke and Carolina are extremely inconsistent. 
so this is the time to do it. Now, the, t- the tournament, no. Um, I don't think they could win the tournament, but I do think they could win the regular season. And Gary, we'll start with you for this one. In high school basketball, we're seeing a lot of pop-up schools and even new leagues like Overtime Elite. Do you think this is bad for high school basketball? Yes, I think it's it's bad for the student athlete because one of the things that that Scholastic um, Athletics does for athletes is to hold them accountable in the classroom. And you know, that, that kid that goes to the public high school, he knows that he has to or she has to have a certain GPA. They know that they're, uh, the teachers are going to be in contact with their coaches and vice versa. When you have these, uh, these pop-up schools, you lose the academic accountability. And I think that's the most important thing about going to high school and playing high school sports is the accountability aspect. And I think they lose that once they enter those prep schools. Randall. I think the hard part about this is that too many things that are wrong with AAU basketball and that area of basketball are now creeping into high school athletics. And I do think that's an issue. Um, There are some programs that do a really good job, but things like overtime elite for a high school basketball athlete we're not teaching them the right things. We're worried about, you know, making trades in the midseason and who's playing for this amount of money and who's going to be on prime video. Like that's not what kids that are 15 to 18 years old need to be focused about. Um, you know, you're still have a potential to get better. You should still be working, working on, on your schoolwork. Academics should still be the focus because at the reality, the reality is at the end of the day, like that basketball is going to stop bouncing. And, you know, there have been several kids at 18 and 19 years old who go to the NBA draft and flop and it doesn't work out. And I think now with leagues like this where the focus shifts from academics to things that don't necessarily matter, you, you find, you're going to find yourself in a situation where more kids 15, 16 years old end up in situations that they don't have, have to be in just because of bad leadership. I don't disagree with that. Cam, I wanted to get your thoughts here. And, and Alex, if you'll give them, I'm just curious what you have to say. And Rick, too. Uh, Cam, you go first. Oh, I don't Overtime Elite. Overtime Elite. I mean, like I was texting the uh, group chat earlier today, it's very fun to see high-flying, you know, games such as, you know, that Overtime Elite produces. But I do think it's vital that kids stay in the classroom. I mean, these are high school kids, you know, that probably aren't, taking classes aren't going to school. I mean, yes, they're making a lot of money. They're going ahead and getting financially stable. But I, I don't think overall the the idea is very good for high school basketball. Yeah. Alex, same question. The Talking Prep Show is made up of a handful of exemplary journalists and educators committed to the ideals of education-based athletics. And in doing so, the Talking Prep's Webcast does an exemplary job of promoting the very best of education-based athletics, its holistically formative mission, and everything that is good about the integration of academics and athletics. To that end, this webcast is about high school athletics. Overtime Elite is not a representation of high school athletics. 
So to the ends of this show being about high school athletics, I will not discuss Overtime Elite on this show. Give it no credence whatsoever. Give it no credibility. Give it no further airtime, no further respect, no further legitimacy on a show which espouses the very best of education-based athletics. I will not discuss it on this show. All right, Rick, I hope you will discuss it. I'm curious what you think. I just think it doesn't prepare these young men for the game of life, which is the most important thing out there, you know, as far as social, you know, going to a classroom and having friends and being at home with your parents and, you know, doing the things that normal kids would do between the ages of 15 and 18. I just doesn't think it prepares them for this whatsoever. And yeah, I know these kids are going to get their money in a short term, but I think long term, there's more negatives associated with it than positives. I just think they don't get focused on the right things. I think they get focused on too many of the wrong things. All that. money is not good money. Well, when I saw the, the advertisement the other day when they had the kid tossing his jersey in the trash can because he was traded and they had this Instagram post trade like it was an NBA thing, I was like, that's a little much for high school kids. This is just my, my thoughts. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you know, and a lot of these young people, young kids will, in the real world, when this basketball does stop bouncing and they get in the real world, they're going to probably take the things they've learned from the overtime elite and try to apply it into real life society. And it's not going to work. It's not gonna uh, work could yet. you imagine going into work one day and, and just, you know, throwing your, you know, shirt in the, in the garbage can and say, hey, I'm not going to work for you anymore. You know, that's, yeah, that's, like, that's fine. <laughs> See it's okay. All right, it's time for the big star to put him on the big stage and see what's on his mind. Randall, take it away. I am friends with a lot of coaches in this area, and this Saturday we're going to get a great matchup as Carmel Christian battles Myers Park. I want to take this time to tell Coach Joe Badgett and Coach Scott Taylor and applaud them for the non-conference schedule that they put together this season. I think too many times when we have really good basketball teams, um, it's easy to just play, you know, who you're, who you're expected to play. Uh, I think we're in times where teams don't necessarily go hunting. And both of these coaches did a phenomenal job of putting a schedule together to really challenge their teams in the preseason and to get them ready for their goals of a state championship. Um, I think the matchup that we get on Saturday – you know, hopefully it lives up to the hype. I think it's uh, an awesome event that Coach Rick is going to put on. But the fact that you get arguably the best team in the private school 4A to go against arguably the best team in the public school 4A, you know, we don't get too many chances of that. And, you know, I really just applaud them not only for their non-conference scheduling, but also for them coming together and agreeing to play this game, uh, which I think is going to be great for the city. Yeah, sure. it's, not, it's not just that game, Rick. You got a whole day of really good games. I mean, just take you know, take a minute or two and tell folks what's going on over at Carmel Christian on Saturday. Did I lose Rick? I Wait, think I he did. There he is. <laughs> uh, yeah, as far as the games are concerned, again, we've talked about Chambers and the thing that I respect about Chambers is they, they will play anybody. They will play a tough non-conference schedule. So, you know, they're going to go up, you know, you know, they get went up against Cannon at their event at Cannon, and they're going to play Greensboro Day um, at the Carmel MLK. I think that's going to be a great game because Greensboro Day is going to be one of the favorites to win the 3A at the private school level along with Concord Academy. And then if you look at Chambers, you know, year in, year out, you know, they're going to play hard. That's the one thing that, you know, is a signature of Chambers. So that, I think that's going to be a, a great game there as well. 
Um, we have the Cannon game versus East Mech. East Mech's having a really good game this season this year. And, and the thing that we went into is when we did these schedules is we wanted to match up some of the top public school teams against the top private school teams. And that's the one thing that we want to do. And, you know, we start the day off with Butler. And Pat King has done an excellent job over there. Um, he could be very easily undefeated in the Southwestern 4A. You know, they went to East Mech and lost on a last-second shot. So, you know, and then they went to Charlotte Catholic and beat them. So, I think they're a team that people need to look out for, too, at the Southwestern level. Well, it looks like a great tournament. should be a great event. Um, get there early, buy your tickets early because it's going to sell out. And where's something Coach, when, 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 when do tickets go on sale for that? I think I think they're on sale right now. I think um, Carmel has a link, and um, I can send that to everybody and um, put it on social media that they are selling tickets in advance. Yeah, and just make sure you wear something that's layerable so you can like come out of a coat, come out of a sweatshirt. It's gonna be a little warm in there. It's gonna be, it's gonna be hot. It's gonna be hot in there. It's gonna be hot in there. This should be fun. All right, this was uh, man, we're not even anywhere close to heavy, Alex. We're hour twenty. <laughs> so we, well, I'll have Bryce and Gerard. We do pretty good. We do pretty good. Yeah, Listen, we, it's only week one. As as we know, let, let's give it a little time. I'm sure Alex Alex will make sure we get to that 140, 145. All right, that's round the clock. The best turn I know. That's Alex Baskin Cherry. That's Cameron Williams, my cohort. That's Chelsea Simple, the best talking preps co-host we've ever had. Gary Richmond, my frat brother, my friend, and the guru, Rick Lewis, and we are Talking Prep.